Hello and welcome to this, the first episode of the Deep Freeze podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and the general playthrough of this podcast uh, will be um, movie talk. Eventually, I'd like to get into uh, such things as, you know, uh, video game talk, uh, TV show talk, um, and anime talk, as I'm a huge anime nerd. A um, little bit about myself, I'm a uh, movie enthusiast. Um, if you name it, I've probably seen it. Um, I watch a lot of TV shows. I watch uh, a lot of anime. I do play a lot of video games. Um, but uh, I figure for right now, we'll start off with uh, just movies in general. The way a typical uh, podcast is going to work is I'm just going to, you know, go through an intro. We're going to set up an agenda. We're going to do a little bit of what's upcoming for movies. Like, what's what's coming out this week? And what, what are my feelings on it, you know? And if a new trailer drops, I'm definitely going to talk about that for a little bit, because why not? Um, then uh, we'll get into uh, some movie reviews, kind of what I've watched this week. Uh, and the idea is that we'll do these uh, on a scale. The scale will, as the podcast dictates, be from Scorcher to Chiller. Uh, chiller will actually be the top... Uh, the kind of the 10 out of 10 whereas scorcher won't be that one will be you know scorcher you don't want to touch it and then uh we'll just do some movie talk get into talking about random things to do with movies um my opinions on stuff and uh eventually i hope to have some guest stars in here with me and um then we'll uh most likely uh just do up, upcoming uh what's uh what's coming out next week you know um then we'll definitely like wrap it up but uh for the first couple episodes it's probably going to be pretty uh sparse i'm hoping to do probably one a week depending on my uh workload as i am in school right now for film and on top of that i have a job and such so we'll see how it goes i guess to start out We'll talk about uh, the movies that are coming out this week. We have Mortal Engines. This is another Peter Jackson film. Um, it's probably going to go under the stereotypical Peter Jackson uh, kind of walkthrough, where there's a lot of uh, wide shots. It's going to deal with a lot of uh, random elements. It's going to pull out like one to one and a half hours worth of actual storyline and turn it into probably about three to four hours. I will not enjoy watching the director's cut because he, he just he makes things go on way too long and he kind of gets hung up on things for way too long but uh let's not rag on him he's uh, i mean lord of the rings was great uh the hobbit was good this is his new project i think that uh it'll be uh all right it'll definitely be like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi hey, uh, fantasy. I do plan on going to see it this week. Now, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Let's be honest, it's just another piece of marble <laughs> garbage uh, that they're selling in order to keep them the, themselves relevant, I guess. Because Disney loves to oversaturate the market with something. They find something that works, they just start shoving it down your throat. I'm not really looking forward to it. Um... I thought I was there for a while, but it's going to be another typical Disney uh, kids movie with uh, 
Spider-Man type elements. The biggest thing I'm looking forward to is seeing all these different spider characters interacting with each other. In all honesty, I'm not really looking forward to it because Marvel, they love to uh, go by the same plot outline for all their stuff. And that plot outline got boring a long time ago. I actually haven't paid to go see a Marvel movie in a long time. The last one I paid to go see was probably maybe 2013. So it's been like five years. Not that I haven't been to see any since then, but uh, most of the time uh, somebody else pays for that because, and I'm just kind of going along with them. To be honest, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has never really been good. I wish it was good. I really do. I love superhero comics, but they just can never seem to get them right. The Mule, um, it's another Clint Eastwood movie. I'm pretty sure he writes, directs, and stars. And usually when he does all that, he's not great. Um, not that his uh, movies where he directs them haven't been, like, riveting, like, character dramas, but it's just, I'm just really not looking forward to, you know, having to at some point watch that. I haven't really watched a Glenn Eastwood movie since uh, Trouble with the Curve, predating that. He's a Western star to me. Um, he's not the best Western star that role is filled by Marion. If you know who I had that, then you automatically uh, get some <laughs> brownie points in my book. I, I just feel like this is going to be a, a weak week, if you know what I mean. The, the one I'm looking forward to more is uh, next week. Um, Mary Poppins Returns or whatever. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm not going to go see it. I don't care. It's another attempt by Disney to, you know, um, reintroduce uh, their old, old stuff as new stuff. I, I don't know why they do this. Uh, it's frustrating because they take movies that were really good in our childhood and they just kind of ruin them with uh, making another version or a second movie. It, can they just stop already? <laughs> Better idea. How about, you know, nobody go to the theater to see a... Disney movie. In all honesty, it's it's probably it's for the kids, but it's dumb. I'm I'm not intending at all to go watch this. Why would I waste my time watching this? So that concludes the portion where I would I just talk about you know what's coming out this weekend. Um, so we'll move into movie reviews. The score for me goes from zero to one hundred kind of like Rotten Tomatoes-ish. Um, I weight things. I do have a kind of a bias in some ways to specific elements. I care a lot about, you know, the, the characters. I care a lot about the story. I care a lot about, you know, camera work, how things come together. My thing is I like the to see the finished product. And if the finished product isn't good, then... Why am I going to watch it? We'll start off with uh, something I watched recently. 30 Days of Night. Uh, for me, it got a uh, little chill. little chill. Um, so my general thoughts on that were, you know, good protagonist. Let's be honest. Josh Hartnett has always and will always be a good actor. I hated that time where when he, you know, just kind of stopped acting. And he hasn't really come back from that. And I wish he hadn't stopped acting. Because 
he really was a great actor in the uh, 90s and 2000s. The vampires in this one, very, very well done. The, like, these are closer to the way vampires actually are supposed to be done. And I just wish that they, you know, kept doing this uh, style of vampire where they're just, you know, they're actually scary. They're actually, you know, menacing. There's, uh, there's got to be something to them, you know. And then I don't really like the secondary acting or the uh, love interest in this. And love interests are things that kind of, you know, can make or break the movie for me. Because, you know, I enjoy going to see a good love story. It kind of worked into uh, what I would class as a, a slow movie. Now, a slow movie with uh, where it had a lot of build-up. A lot of build-up. And the, then everything in the end just kind of seemed to rush. The movie kind of left me wanting more. Where's the story going? What's it doing? Yeah, that kind of thing. It kind of needed more uh, secondary development. It really didn't develop the story very well. It was good watch. That's why I did give it nearly 70%. It's one of those movies where you just go, you shut off your brain for an hour and a half and just enjoy the ride. Uh, we'll call it a slight frostbite. Now, another movie I watched recently, the 2018 Netflix adaption of The Little Mermaid. Oh my. Camera angles were giving me headaches. The movie didn't have any visual continuity. There was this one part where William Mosley's character had a bag for two different groups of shots draped over his uh, shoulder. And then in the next shot, he didn't have it. But in the shot after that, he had it again. So I'm like, but where did this bag disappear to? Start panicking, like, where where'd the bag go? What's going on here? <laughs> um, the acting cho choices for a lot of it, poor. Main villain, I guess, was poor. Writing, poor. Like, did they even think about this? Like, I wish that they would do a Netflix, like, an actual adaptation of The Little Mermaid that was a little bit more, clo you know, close to the original stories for all these, like, fairy tales that Disney has turned into children's movies were actually very literally grim. <laughs> I'd love it if they could, you know, turn these into a story, but they never do, and the movie just kind of left me scratching my head. The story doesn't make any sense. Why does this go here? Why does that go there? Just kind of left me all over the place. So probably going to give it like a... I would call that one a scorcher. Because me as a film student, I'm just like, why? Me as a person who's watching the movie, I'm like, why? And to watch the movie and be like, why? Means that as a film student, you're not just watching it. Or a film person... You're not just watching it going, why? You're watching it going, how did the people involved in this movie let this many things go wrong? <laughs> it left me, you know, I'm like, there really wasn't any resolution to the story. It just had a lot of classic tropes that worked ineffectively. 
So, what I'm going to talk about is uh, Jurassic Park. Um, everything in that movie just seemed forced with uh, with certain characters. Um, they they tried to make Alan Grant out to be the main character of this movie, and he's really not supposed to be the main character of the movie, uh, of the books, in my opinion, has always been Ellie Sattler. She was always the main character of the books to me. Uh, and I've read the books five times. But he he was outshone by his supporting cast, which and I, I, you're not supposed to do. I really felt it was poorly written, considering uh, there there's source material with a great, great science fiction writer in Michael Crichton. He is my by far my favorite science fiction writer. It was poorly written, and there was a lack of proper dialogue. Everything felt forced. One of the big detriments in film is when you're telling the story instead of showing it. Because that's what a film is. You're supposed to show the story, right? It really created an issue with me. I need to be honest, I didn't feel there was enough Goldblum. Because Jeff Goldblum, 10 out of 10 actor. Him alone makes a supporting cast probably three times better than it would have been. Um, as I said, improper use of a great story. Um, I found it was choppy editing, where it just kind of did a lot of jump cuts. And it actually grossly miscast on many of the roles. I felt like a lot of them were not done properly. Like, the aging of actors, the the way they're written, the only actor I can say really, you know, channeled their role was Richard Attenborough. He's from that generation of actors who could probably do no wrong. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, who just kind of made that role. But everybody else, it was a gross miscasting. Um, the biggest pluses to this movie were probably the dinosaurs themselves you really see that this is one of the first movies that uses cgi on living breathing things because up until that point film really hadn't used cgi on anything outside of like making liquids float the abyss or terminator 2 so it really didn't use it on li living breathing things i found a lot of things seemed forced in the movie the biggest saving grace for the movie was how it pushed the industry forward and to me it's a lukewarm movie so we'll quickly run through the lost world better protagonist worse cast um i really didn't know what they were doing on stuff the san diego scene completely unnecessary it was a poor film that really didn't hit any of the marks from a really good story vince vaughn and pete possibly were the only really good actors outside of jeff goldblum himself it turned out being a little little frosty i think we'll call the 60s frosted tips jurassic park 3 this is another scorcher thoughts on this movie were basically there was nothing to work off of no good acting. Why did I even watch this? There was no script work off. No, like, camera. Everything was bad. Uh, like, I don't, I don't even, like, just trying to get into it. Everything was bad. The T-Rex always needs to be there in a Jurassic Park film. For a Jurassic Park film to not have a, to not have a T-Rex as the king? Like, what's going on here? Because, in actuality, Spinosaurus, I don't think they, that, Spinosaurus could have killed 
a T-Rex in actuality. Now, the Spinosaurus's close cousin is like close, like animal in proximity because there were two of them that lived in the same area around the same time. Um, the Carcharodontosaurus, that was much larger than T-Rex and probably could have killed it. But the Spinosaurus, I don't think so. But, um, no, everything was overall poor. I didn't like it. Story, bad. Dialogue, bad. It, it tried to sell on the fact that it had two successful predecessors. And then St Spielberg left it to an unknown commodity to direct. And Steven Spielberg... He's not the greatest, but he's better than most. And he's also very successful at what he does, despite being not that great at it. Jurassic World. Now, this, as typical um, kind of reboots that are supposed to be sequels in later years come out in a fashion that really plays off of the nostalgia for the predecessors. Now, this was a complete nostalgia piece. Um, Chris Pratt was good. He's an actor that I always like in basically everything that he's in. It just seemed like outside of him and Jake Johnson, there wasn't much to work off of. I really, I, I enjoyed the film. I went to see it three times. And I actually went to see it uh, on consecutive days because I was getting a kick out of myself. I, somebody took me to see it on uh, Friday night, like, like opening night. And then uh, I took somebody to see it on Saturday. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go again by myself on Sunday. So I went by myself on Saturday, on Sunday. And this was opening week. Opening week, I took myself on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to the movie theater to see this film. And the biggest enjoyment to me for that film was the portion where you got the T-Rex versus the Indominus. For me, the, the big selling point of the Jurassic Park series has always been the dinosaurs and the interactions of the people with the dinosaurs. I would pay money to see Chris Pratt with Jake Johnson as his sidekick taking on the dinosaurs. That's that's all I really, really want. Michael Crichton's his thoughts with all of his books are supposed to be that you don't play God. And Michael Crane to me was always a bit of a feminist because he had really strong female characters and for the entire series, they've never really made a strong female character. I mean, they've tried to push Bryce Dallas Howard into it, but she's not a strong female character. Laura Dern uh, was a no. Um, Julianne Moore was is a no. These movies really haven't gotten the identity of what Michael Crichton was. And for me, this, this was a Frosted Tips kind of movie. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
I didn't even know what was going on in that film half the time. It was so forced and so political that I'm just like, I can't even really enjoy this. Although, the one thing about it, I really want them to make a Jurassic Park movie that's a horror film. Or for someone to make a dinosaur movie where it's a legitimate horror movie. Because that would scare the living daylights out of me. Because I don't know if you've ever heard the like seen the the one scientific documentary about how a T Rex would actually sound, but that sends chills down my spine. My personal opinion, it's lukewarm. I kind of uh, took up a little, lot of time with some older movies, usually for the uh, general podcast. I'll be doing more along the lines of three or four movies that come out each week. I'll do maybe two older movies. But uh, and until I kind of get the movies going up, and because we're nearing the end of the year and not much really comes out in uh, the last quarter of the year or the first quarter of the year, I'm kind of waiting for quarter two and quarter three for when uh, the big stuff comes out. So I don't believe any movies came out this past week. So next time on uh, the Deep Freeze podcast, I'll go more into depth on the movies that have come out this week. I'll talk about the movies coming out next week, what I'm excited for, what I'm not. That'll be fun. Uh, I'll definitely review and check back with you on uh, way these movies go and what I I think you'd enjoy. This is Eric from the Deep Freeze Podcast, and you've just been frozen.